What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. What better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson, in the Christmas season. Joining me in the host spotlight, Miss Alicia Battaglia. Alicia, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Nice Christmas sweater. Thank you. It's and festive. Yeah, you're looking like a snowflake. It's, it's like the, it's, it, it, this is nominally dressed It's a good thing, thing she put snow in there, yeah, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I have the skin tone of a snowflake often. Uh, yeah, you snowflake. Uh, I, I wanted to accent just called you, you both. Um, we didn't coordinate any. It's just the, it's just the season, right? Yes. You've heard him already. He's yes. with us, Tim Sanford. Tim, you're wearing red. Uh, are you big on Christmas? You got a bunch of Christmas attire? Or is this a take I, it a day at a time? This is, yeah. Yeah, it's probably more a day at a time. A day at a time sort of thing. A little nod to it because of our Christmas party today. Yeah, oh, that's true. We had a, we had a very fun all-staff Christmas party, uh, white elephant situation. Oh, that's always um, a blast. Yeah, so. Yeah. Guys, let's jump into a Sunday in review. Uh, Christmas season here at Fellowship Bible Church. We're kind of going through these phrases, these words, uh, the gospel account building up to Christmas. Alicia, I'll come your way first, and then Tim, uh, we'll see what you have for us. So thoughts on the weekend, this idea of blessed yeah, uh, in the this Christmas idea season. of blessed, which is such a wonderful word. Mm-hmm. And um, in talking about like the, the definition, I have a question. Did you come up with that definition for blessed? No. No. Where'd you get it from? No. One of them is straight out of Vines. Okay. Uh, for the, for the um, um, oh, I just lost our word here, but um, eulogy. Eulogy, right. And the other one, uh, I, uh, a guy by the last name of Kramer, not out of Jerry Seinfeld. But. Okay. <laughs> well, I think he, you cited that. I actually, in yeah, the, I put it up there. It was on but, the slide. Oh, okay, I missed that. I yeah. missed that. I yeah. missed the citing. There's, well, there's another one who used the term spiritually prosperous, mm-hmm. which I didn't bring into that, but I thought that was also another good one. I just didn't want to take the time to keep yeah. digging too much and become wordy about it all. But Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's interesting <clears throat> because when thinking about the, the definitions that you shared and then also as you were just walking us through throughout the whole sermon, I, I just couldn't stop thinking that this is also an identity. Being blessed yeah. is an identity in Christ. It's, it's who we are yeah. because of Christ, which is, is rooted in grace. And the source of that is the Lord. Yeah. And he has given us this identity of blessed, which is um, unmerited for us mm-hmm. it's it is a gift of grace and it's a positional thing that whether we feel it or not we actually that's where we live we live right. as a people right. who are blessed and and when we think about like mary's circumstances she she probably had a wellspring of emotions when she first when the angel first appeared to her she probably was very perplexed and um, yeah probably happy and sad and confused. And, mm-hmm. and then she probably experienced a lot of just pure joy and delight in being the mother of the son of God and having a perfect child <laughs> that would make a, right. make somebody feel very yeah. blessed. Yes. Um, and then too, <laughs> her, her position, when you walked through, when, when they were forced to flee from Egypt and when they returned to Nazareth and when she was rebuked by her own son, and then when Simeon's prophecy was fulfilled at the cross, just the emotions of fear, um, mm-hmm. uncertainty, 
she probably wasn't feeling that happiness at that moment, but she was still blessed because that was what the Lord had um, positioned her to be. And so in thinking about her situation and how we also share in that blessedness, for us, our circumstances are not going to be what determines if we're blessed right. or well, not. I, I think right. that's hitting the nail on the head. We, we confuse what's inherently true with what's circumstantially true all the time. And I appreciate the way you, you brought out this idea well, often for us. It's, well, the financial, well, if, yeah. if you're financially blessed. Yes. And then the metric for us becomes, if I'm struggling in that area, <laughs> then I'm not blessed. And right. so then our whole pursuit of the word or our understanding of what it means to be blessed becomes this kind of unbiblical, uncharted waters right. where that was never meant to to be yeah. the case. And, and that's why I appreciate the way you laid out your sermon and, and spent a lot of time saying, are, are we sure she was blessed? This, this story s- sounds so great on the front end, like, oh, of course she was blessed. How lucky for her. Yeah. But then you unpacked, what do you mean how lucky for her? This, this dude was going to end up dead on a cross. I mean, there are a lot of things that happen yeah. that we would measure and say, I'm so glad I'm not Mary right now. But but all of that was a test in, in the sermon, in the scriptures, in the studies. All that was a test to say we can't look at somebody else's highs and lows right. and be like, I'm more blessed than they are, they're more blessed than I am. What What is true of who we are, at least you said, our identity, right. and right. how can we rethink the word? I think yeah. that was impactful. And ultimately, too, you know, you think of her there by the cross and as, the, as Simeon said, her soul being pierced with this sword, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and yet here is a woman who her sin debt is being paid for in this moment Mm -hmm. too. Right. I mean, there's, there's such reverence for her in our world that we even worship her, which is an ungodly thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it's always, uh, remindful to us. Like you talk about blessed. She was, if I could say it this way, more blessed because of Calvary than because she bore the son, that's right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's true for all of us. And there's a certain sense where, listen, if we were never blessed ever again, would we not say we have been mm-hmm. blessed beyond measure, more than we deserve, and rejoice in all of that? But when we have um, such circumstantial perspective on that to determine that, it gets really messy for us. Oh yeah, and you and you use the word deserve. Like uh, for me, as I wrestle with theology and learn how to disciple other young people in it, oftentimes it comes back to questions and wrestles with that doesn't seem fair, or or that doesn't seem right. like deserving. Once we open the door to what's fair and what we deserve, yeah. right? How big is our awareness of God? What is our view of God compared to our, a view of ourselves? And then you start to realize, okay, that Ephesians 1, every spiritual blessing kind of thing. Okay, uh, that's that's regardless of my circumstances. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't seem like it often, and that's that's on us. And I we think. don't always see what's um, coming in the blessing. If we think about, like last week, you talked about mm-hmm. Elizabeth and Zechariah, and she was old and barren and they probably over the years had prayed for a son the lord didn't give them give them give them a son until this point so at that point they're probably feeling very blessed mary she had no idea like she wasn't asking for a son at this point and she was getting something that she didn't even know that the lord had this intended for her Mm -hmm. and not only was she um, going to 
carry the Son of God in her womb, but God was going to do exceedingly abundantly more than she could ask or think. Mm -hmm. And so in light of that, you brought up Ephesians 1. And when we sit and just linger in Ephesians 1, it's one of those just very dense, or to keep with the theme of Mary, pregnant passages that Mm -hmm. is just full of grace and truth for us that we get to say hey this this is for us too this is amazing like Mm -hmm. what a wonder that is yeah that's a reality based on god one one thing i was wrestling with and thinking about through the rest of the weekend after after hearing this message was how often do we use blessed or blessings name in vain And, and what i mean by that is nothing harsh or coarse but just kind of a little bit off and an example of that would be I have heard the phrase, you've been a blessing to me, or your family has been a blessing to mine. And that's a sweet sentiment, right? Mm-hmm. But it's but it's circumstantial or, or, yeah. or transactional in a way. Yeah. And so you start to realize, okay, when Christians do what they do, we can run the risk of doing something nice for somebody else. Oh, you were such a blessing to us, and then actually be puffed up because of it. Right. Huh, I just bless them. Right. I'm a blessing to them. Well, hopefully, all they're really seeing is the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not saying let's never throw around the word blessing, but I'm saying let's let's orient ourselves around a biblical view of the word and its characteristics right. so that in, in other people's eyes, we are becoming more familiar with the blessing it is to belong to Jesus mm-hmm. so that everything else can be an outflow of that. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not careful, that's the way I think, oh, you know, that person is such a blessing to me or I'm blessed because I have. Right. And then the thing I list is right. nothing that Christ right. gave me. Right. Um, it's the constant renewal of our minds, right? I mean, mm-hmm. what we saw in Ephesians, you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Well, we might know that, so to speak, but there's a need for us to be constantly reminded of that mm-hmm. because we fail to remember it and we also consistently point ourselves at circumstances and find our blessing or lack thereof on that, right? So it just shows, again, the... This renewal of the mind that needs to be occurring where God is slowly changing my thinking and helping me to see truth. This is what is true about me. Boy, I can live in light of that kind of a truth. And uh, to know that he has blessed us. I, I know this dabbles into a bit of um, our world is so much like, oh, God's blessed me. Oh, I'm so, just so, it's so wonderful for me, right? It becomes very self-centered. Mm-hmm. But when it stays in the realm of grace, which is where it is at, mm-hmm. then that produces a humility so that we yeah. are actually rejoicing in, like Mary, he has blessed me, mm-hmm. but that doesn't cause me to be proud over that. That actually is just part of the humbling process because mm-hmm. I know I'm not worthy of any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so all that he's doing here is of grace and it speaks so highly of him. What a precious perspective that he has on us. And uh, I think our world, obviously, you know, we, we become very self-centered and um, entitled with all of that. And so we worship what we think we get rather sure. than the one who's the giver of well, what we get. And so Ephesians 1 is so packed and it's just like, it's so good. But then if we move on to Ephesians 2, it kind of sums things up what we're talking about here because it, it first addresses our natural state of 
spiritual death essentially and it's painting this pretty bleak picture but then we get to <clears throat> 2 verse 4 but God being rich in mercy because of the great love of which he's loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses made made us alive together with Christ by grace you've been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immediate or immeasurable immeasurable yeah. riches of his grace, grace and kindness and towards us in Christ Jesus. Right. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God. It's nothing that we've done. It is this, once again, unmerited favor. It's, it, and I, I went back in Ephesians 1 and I looked up the word lavished. Because I was like, that is such mm. a rich word. Mm -hmm. And it's to <clears throat> exceed a fixed number of measures, to abound, to overflow. Yeah. And to think about like before the foundation of the world, God had this plan and his sovereign will to redeem a people. And not only to redeem us, but to lavish his right. goodness upon us. Yeah. It's just like, it's exceedingly, it's overflowing. It's more than an allotted amount, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's how, like, like, that's how good God is to us. And in, yeah. in the Christmas season, to meditate on it, you mentioned two words worth dwelling on as well, unmerited and immeasurable. I, I think those things are so important to keep in mind because it's very easy to think about merit and measure when we interact with one another, when we interact with the local right. church, when we start to sit down and figure out Christmas, and th th there was a survey done that says the st stress level in the average American goes up 200, 300% around Christmas time or whatever. Like our culture loves to celebrate Christmas, but we also love to freak out about it. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and tensions rise and yeah. budgets and stress, yeah. and you start to throw in some coping mechanisms and ties into the other sermons Tim's done so far. What God's about is unmerited on our end, and it's immeasurable on His. And we need to graduate from the degree of really trying to measure God and really trying to figure it all out compared to what I have yeah. or what I could get out of Him. Yeah. What, what a massive difference there is when it comes to being a Christian between me thinking Jesus is one tool on my tool belt, and I'll go to Him when I need Him, versus being a Christian, meaning I am now a tool on His tool belt, mm -hmm. and I can yield to Him and let him lord over my life in such a way that now my basis for these kinds of things are biblical. And that's what's been so cool about this sermon series for me. Because when I found out we were doing this, I was thinking like, okay, focus on the words, do the Christmas story in, in fragments. Okay, I kind of wonder why we're doing this. But then I realized, wait a second, now I see exactly why mm -hmm. Tim's focusing on the words he's focusing on. Fear and anxiety came up last week. Yeah. Very... Uh, Practical and applicable, mm -hmm. worldly. Those very are worldly, relevant. very, <laughs> very relevant, very right. worldly. Right. Blessed. The idea of blessed and privilege and, and all this stuff. Man, it's so cool to see it all yeah. tied together. And yeah. I was like, how foolish was I to think this would be some boring, fragmented Christmas story? No way, man. It still might be. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> we got three to go. <laughs> I love the point, though, that you made at the end is why does it matter? It matters yeah. because of our worship. Like, mm -hmm. he is worthy. He he has done this for us. He is the source of our blessedness mm -hmm. and our appropriate response is worship. Yeah. That is yeah. that is what it's all about. It's about him. Yeah. And so I I just I love that image of just boom, reflecting it back on him. Mm -hmm. And then also as um being being made um like Christ we can reflect his character in that way and 
showed this lavishness to our brothers and sisters and folks around us. Yeah. Like we can, we can be an object of generosity like the Lord has been to mm -hmm. us during this, like it's the giving season. Right. So should we not be the most generous uh, um, people who lavish love onto people not just at the Christmas season, but all year round as right. well. Like that's right. one way that we can um, glorify the Lord Jesus by imitating him in that right. way. Worshiping him, hopefully also not based on how many presents we were able to put around the tree either, or, or based on our year. I think Christians do a good job steering clear of the prosperity gospel type stuff 11 months out of the year. But there's something about when, when we start thinking about these things and, and think yeah, about yeah. raising, I work with teens, I'm not raising one yet, but there's going to be this, hey, it's not about material. It's not about gifts. Yeah. What, what's your attitude and heart behind this? I'm sure that's a huge uphill battle for parenting and the longevity of teaching. You know, there's going to be Christmas. There's going to be a ton of gifts. There's going to be some you love, some you hate. You're going to have to learn how to be polite, blah, 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 all that stuff. If, if we find ourselves, and this is convicting for all of us, I hope certainly me, we find ourselves worshiping God less or focusing on him less because I got a lot going on or because this Christmas wasn't exactly what it shaped up to be or whatever other measure we're giving it. Let's flip that a little bit. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's have a Christmas based on who God is. To me, there's a, there's a subtle link that occurs here between worship and the way I live my life. And what I mean by that is, um, we often, when we think of worship, we're thinking of proclamation in song or word, or, you know, we see Mary writing this poetic song. Zacharias does the same thing, right? Like that is definitely a part. I'm not trying to diminish that. Mm -hmm. But I think there is a, we sometimes miss that there's a subtle link of that um, where the way that I live life is actually an act of worship. Mm -hmm. So if it's a giving thing, well, when I give, what I'm actually doing is saying, you know what, God, I trust you to take care of my needs. Mm -hmm. And so if you're impressing upon my heart to give to somebody, I'm going to do that. And I am yours, like she said, here's your maidservant, do with me as you wish, right? Like that's, that's a worshipful, I'm offering myself to you because I think you're worthy not of this, well, this body is so wonderful, this person, right? But you just are worthy, and this is all I've got to give. So I'm going to give that, and there's a, um, there's a dynamic of worship that's there so that it does matter then, how do I understand these things? Because when I know that I'm already blessed, rather than looking for a blessing, right? It frees me up to live in light of that realm rather than the self-centered looking for trying to get my, this is, that's mine. Right. And our kids are full of this, mine, mine, right? And so as adults, we stop saying that because it sounds so nasty. But the reality is, is it hasn't changed in our hearts unless the spirit of God is doing a work in linking these things up and we begin to mature and grow. So our whole life then, the way that we live life now becomes uh, an aspect of worship, not just in what we say. Mm -hmm. Which and, is where the humility comes in, in that way too. Hmm. So something that stood out to me, and I wanted to just kind of bring this to uh, attention. So you, you brought up in the Luke where the woman um, says, blessed is the womb that bore you. 
And then um, Jesus responds, but he said, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Yeah. And you talked a little bit about keeping it, but it reminded me of um, in Revelation, um, turn there, Revelation 1-3, something similar, um, John writes, and it's, uh, blessed is the one, this is in 1 verse 3, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written it, right. for the time is near. And so I was looking at that word keep, and it's like, it has the meaning of to strengthen and to observe, to guard, to heed, to attend to carefully, mm -hmm. to reserve. And so there's some, there's an aspect of that, of like, being in the word and the, 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 the power of God through his word that is a keeping, it's a strengthening. Yeah. And that's like, that's what, um, that's what we need to renew our mind so that we're living out our identity in Christ, you know, letting mm -hmm. the word shape to keep us so that we can live by his word. And I just, I thought that that word keep kind of, you know, just jumped out right. at me. And it just, it's one of those things where we are blessed in that. And there's like the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus is, you know, he goes through the Beatitudes in Matthew 5. And then in Revelation, there's seven, seven different Beatitudes of being blessed. But there's, it's the word of God that keeps us. Mm -hmm. And that there's a lot of power yeah. in that. Yeah. And, and there's the keeping that we have in that too, right? Of like, um, I can't remember what one of the last ones that you gave as a definition of like, a, a ten, we tend to that. We, to attend to. Yeah, carefully. to attend to. Yeah. 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 So there's this, um, there is this aspect of obedience where we are looking at that from a perspective of fear or we're looking at that from a perspective of, well, well, what do I get out of it, right? In other words, there's motivation that can be behind that effort. But he's not talking about that. And we get it way confused. But it's, the, um, it's that sensitivity that's growing in our hearts of a love for the Lord and a knowledge about him and a, and a desire for him that then motivates me and I, the scripture would, uh, uh, a translation would be, I shrink from sin, right? Like I, I'm, I'm trying to hold back from that because not in my strength in the sense of, well, I can keep myself, but that there's a something going on in the value system of my heart where he is becoming more precious to me. And this, which entices me, but never gives what it actually says it will give to you, right? I begin to shrink from that because recoil from it because of this. And that again is an act of worship because here you have a selfish individual by nature, like a transformation is going on in that life to shrink from and reach to this, as opposed to reject this and go after this all the time. So you see again, this, this, um, this blessing, so to speak, that's ours, in part because we don't face the consequences of what we would be normally grabbing for, but also in part because now look what is happening here. We are seeing the things of God. He's revealing more to us. We're walking with him and delighting in that presence of him. And you just, it just, it's a snowballing effect in regards to 
what is called as being blessed. And now we're not just talking about my position, but we're actually talking about what is it that God, God actually thrills our hearts with the things of God. That's part of being blessed mm -hmm. by him. Mm -hmm. Well, I appreciate the, the phraseology of sensitivity too, because it's, it's not about whether or not something's there, but it's what, yeah. what we're choosing mm -hmm. to focus on or, or, you know, do we, uh, the phrase often, do we have our spiritual ears on or our, right. our radar up for right. like, okay, what, what lies might I be, be believing or what might actually be going on here that I can benefit from? Because, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about the, the mass average of people you're speaking to when you're preaching. And I, I know this church, I know these people, and uh, oftentimes it is the, the bridge between what we know and, oh, I've heard this before, right. to what we're actually, you know, living out. Yeah. Um, the, the, the pulpit is not a... It's not an evangelistic tool, though it can be. The primary reason is for us to come together as disciples of Jesus and grow in this. Right. And so the call there, let's take this seriously. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let, let's be renewed, that constant renewing of our mind. Yeah. I, I love Romans that Romans 12, 1 and 2 stuff yeah. keeps coming back. And, and I'm excited at that mm -hmm. because in my own walk of sanctification, I can get frustrated or, or, yeah. or dull to certain things. Yep. But then it's like, wait a second, mm -hmm. I'm not... I'm not being renewed. My mind's yeah. not being renewed. And so I can get complacent. I can get standoffish about a certain topic or whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, you started your sermon off by <laughs> sharing familiarity often robs us of the awesomeness yeah. of the story. Yeah. And there's a lot of truth in that. And I think when we find ourselves not, not, um, beholding the object of our faith, mm. then that should be a check on our heart. It's right. like something is off right. and we need to refocus. Mm -hmm. right. um, but once again, even in our, in our ups and downs and all of the things of just being a human being, um, our position in Christ does not change. That is yeah. secure and purchased. Yeah. Be, and these truths that we've talked about are just they're they're real they're true yeah. they're that's who we are and they're not a destination they're a foundation it's right? already what, happened <laughs> well and I, I also think it's really important for us in that kind of stuff as the light is shown on this and we begin to recognize wow i've drifted away right there's going to be one of two reactions to that mm -hmm. one is unspiritual ungodly and that's going to be condemnation mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to condemn myself or someone's going to condemn me and I'm going to accept that, right? Versus conviction. That's going to be yeah. the spiritual thing. That's what the Spirit of God does. So he's not trying to grind my nose into, hey, you have drifted away and now this has become dull to you, right? Mm -hmm. he's, he, he knows my frame. He knows the frailty of me and how I can wander. And I need him. And he's constantly then reminding us, yep, you're right, son, you did. You, th that's become dull to you. And that's a bit of a warning. See, you've drifted off. So you need me because you're not good enough to just like, okay, keep it in my head, keep it in my head. Okay, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. Right, you know what right, I'm right, saying? Right, right. It, it's more, no, this is what happens. I agree with God right away. You know what, Lord, this is actually an awesome thing. Not a one of us who's a believer. If we sit here and start studying that, we, we just come away going, this is mm -hmm. incredible, right? Mm -hmm. But in the in the grind of it, it just starts moving into this dullness, this familiarity that just robs us of all that, which isn't my phrase, just so you know. <laughs> like um, but uh but there's a there's a delight in that, you know what, Lord, I need you for worship too. Mm -hmm which seems to me odd because we're trying to worship the one and, but we need the one to help us to worship the one. Right. right, right. 
And he delights in that because there's a heart then, he won't force that, but there's a heart that's aligning with him that's saying, God, even in this, I need you. I'm not capable of just drumming this up all the time and staying on track. He's, he's glorified yeah. in our dependence yes, of him because exactly. when that's we are acting in independence, that's our yes. pride and rebellion yes. against yeah. him. So when we are um, expressing our dependence on him, that's saying, Lord, I need yeah. you. Like you, you are the way, the truth and the right. life. And I can right. like, there's no other way to the father yeah. except through you. So thank God for dullness in the sense of it's an, it's one of those things that's kind of like an alert to us. Yeah. If that's, if I can characterize or, or not characterize, but if I can see a moment of that in my life, I realize I've drifted off mm -hmm. on that because the spirit of God is not leading me towards something that is actually dull. The things of God are awesome. Life giving. In, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. Abundant life. We're talking this kind of stuff. So it's not that I float around on cloud nine all the time, but that there's something within the heart, within the soul that has its delight in the preciousness of who he is. Mm -hmm. And um, that becomes more characteristic, more um, mature in our thinking as we journey through life together with him. He teaches us mm -hmm. about these things. We are blessed. Mm -hmm. It's good. We are blessed. Tim, before we get out of here, what do you want to share anything about next week? What, what's what's next week's content? Next week we're Lord? talking about the word Savior. Um, it's an interesting thing. It actually so only gonna... occurs very briefly. Yeah. And yet it is so powerful for us and so much in our minds a part of the Christmas story, right? Mm -hmm. But like, like uh, do not be afraid. We saw that in four different situations. Here we're going to see it basically in one. Right. Awesome. And yeah. and yet it just well, he is the savior. So no wonder that there's such mm. power behind all of that. So we're going to unpack that a little bit. Yeah. Fun. It's good. Yeah. Great. Tim, thanks for being here, brother. You're welcome. Yeah, you're the man. It's Alicia, great. you're awesome. Thank Love you. it. As a reminder to our viewers and listeners, you can find us each and every week on your favorite podcast platforms. Type in Sermon Spotlight. We pop right up. Fact of the matter, everybody's that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a life. Until next week. Much love. God bless.